Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome back to the Flow Track Podcast, flowtrackpodcast at gmail.com. You can find the podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, and on the website, flowtrack.org slash flowtrackpodcast. I'm Kevin, joined today by Lincoln Shrike. Wow, that's quite the introduction. Thanks for that, Kevin. Yeah, it's a good Monday morning. Heat is starting to pick up here in Texas to the point where I'm getting used to my house being above 80 degrees for the most part during the day. And then uh, just seeing my utility bill skyrocket, but such is life in in Texas. At least we will have some track and field to help ease that burden. That doesn't really, that's a weird transition, but we, you know, we will have some some track this week outside of just these ultimate garden clashes. Yeah, we go from ultimate to impossible. In the track world. Yep. Yep. Yeah. And I'm a little bit upset they keep calling them the ultimate garden clashes. The we've we've really departed the gardens. <laughs> I mean, like Mondo's place and Renault La Villanese uh, location, and you could even argue Sam Kendrick's. Those were garden adjacent at least. Now we're just full on at tracks now. So yeah. <laughs> I just I don't know. Ultimate practice facility challenge. Yeah. Like that. Yeah. Yeah. It doesn't have quite the same ring to it. What did you think of the one on Sunday in the multi-events featured Kevin Mayer, Nicholas Cow, Marcelo Uebo doing three events? Yeah, well, it's nice to see that Ashton Eaton still has enough pull to where he is going to say when he came out the first time when the, the three male pole vaulters went and he said we need to do this as a combined events challenge and uh, and then it became a reality. <laughs> um, it was cool to see Kevin Mayer out back out there i will say the running portion um why it was their plan to just do something that simulated the pacer test i'm not sure uh the running portion was kind of laughable um just watching it back this morning it it would have been hard you would have been dizzy just going back and forth 20 meters but Mm -hmm. it also didn't look like i understand it's difficult such as the nature of multi-events but it didn't look very hard and sometimes like that can happen at the end of a 
of a decathlon, the 1500, those guys aren't 1500 meter runners and it doesn't look like they're trying that hard when in reality they're about to collapse at any moment. But I don't know this was just like, they look like they were jogging around cones. So I thought maybe they could have done something a little better with the run. But other than that, it, it was fine. Probably would like to see other events to maybe get a better idea of these guys ability maybe throw some hurdles in next time i mean that would have been really really hard but i i didn't i didn't particularly love the running portion i thought that could have been made more interesting the hardest event to me was the shot because they had, they had to, to go run get down yeah. Yeah. their <laughs> own implement and then come back you talk talk about changing the dynamics yeah. of an event there kevin mayer though was was all about it. He he got the lead and and never relinquished. Cal was second, and then Weibo was was third. I was talking about this with this exact point with uh, Jason on the House of Run yesterday, where I said, well, at least two of them were at outdoor tracks, and I don't know yeah. the third. I don't know if he had a a two hundred meter track or something. You could have just run an eight hundred or a thousand for the last event. But Jason brought mm -hmm. up, well, they wanted to do something they could count because the whole idea was counting. Yeah, but yeah. I guess you could have said. Yeah how many 100 meter segments could you do or 50 meter segments in there was a lot minutes. of turning yeah. Yeah. yeah there was so yeah. much turning going on yeah yeah oh that's what i had to think was the hardest part i mean i know they were tired from the shot put in the pole vault but but just the the turnarounds it reminded me i guess it's fitting right now you see all these people online that are running marathons inside their apartments or you know marathons yeah. Yeah. in their backyard so it's real uh, appropriate for the the period that we're in right now with the with the pandemic. Does this make up for the Doha disappointment for Mayor? I I don't see how it can't. I mean, this is w way bigger deal uh, than the world champ. No, no, of course not. But uh, yeah, I mean, I guess it's good to see that he is healthy. He won with the the jersey we've been talking about a little bit, the Nike barbed wire fence jersey yeah um not not a not a huge fan myself either but it's good to see him back competing healthy you brought up a good point at the top here this whole event came about because ashton eaton was watching the pole vault competition and just said mm -hmm. hey do this for multi-events how much pull does ashton eaton have can uh, he harness uh, for doing things yeah he he seems to he's kind of like i don't know he's kind of like the elon musk of track and field you know he says something it can change markets it can move it can it can change consumer behavior i think uh he has plenty of sway i i i he should have used this a know. few years ago he could have been like bolt farah you're running that 600 go yeah by the way that that women's 400 200 double now possible at the olympics yeah. and world championships why because ashton eaton said so yeah we should have asked him to be the arbiter of the salwa eden nasser uh for miss test controversy maybe he could have solved that one for us because the powers that be are having trouble themselves so may maybe you know uh our, our friend Bill Simmons has always talked about there needs to be a, a sports czar ahead of all sports. Maybe it can be Ashton Eaton for, for just track and field. Um, I, I just like the idea of him just coming up with new events. And just, mm -hmm. he, he, he didn't even need to wade into any of this serious stuff, but he, mm -hmm. he just decides what events he'd like to see and then snaps his fingers and he's on the live stream talking about it. Yeah. I wonder how – like would he have been competitive yesterday in that? I feel like – I mean – 
I know there's a huge difference between being in decathlon shape and then just being in good dad shape, you know, for a 30, whatever year old, but I wonder how competitive he could have been. I feel like he could have like got in there with like a second place or something. It hasn't been that long. I've gotten all of my track and field comeback predictions wildly wrong over the past few years. Yeah. I thought, I thought we might see Bolt. I thought we might see Eaton. Now, Farrah didn't fully retire, but once he moved to the marathon, I don't think I ever said, oh yeah, he'll go back and and run the 10,000. We haven't seen that Mm -hmm. happen yet. I'm just off base on these things. I do not have a good (laughs) gauge of when people are going to come back or if they're going to come back. Well, it's it, it's just tough. I mean, you think that you know these athletes and you think you see them winning gold and that's all the only way you know about them and you don't assume, associate them with any other lifestyle or any other pursuits in life. So, yeah, you you assume you know what they, what that they're that they want to come back and and it seemed like Eaton left like a tiny bit of runway left. So, uh but now that he's had his child and uh now that he's just the the king of of takes and he's kind of got world athletics on his finger i mean he he doesn't really need to be competing i guess ashton yeah, for for world athletics president is what i'm saying next next I, cycle i i think he would get a lot of support bolt eaton all-time greats obviously maybe because of that there's less appetite to come back whereas someone who has had a good career but not one of the yeah. greatest of all time they're more likely to entertain it and that's why you see some of those other comebacks. I'm just forever influenced by when I was growing up in my formative years, Michael Jordan came back and he was the mm-hmm. biggest thing and, and he came back. And then obviously every boxer retired back when there was a lot of attention paid to the heavyweight championship. Every boxer always retired and then came back out of retirement to to fight. And I think that in retrospect is is a lot less common than I than younger me thought. Yeah, I mean, and, and if and not a sport I pay attention to, but a lot of people do, especially now when there's not much else going on. Over the weekend, Conor McGregor retired. I mean, what's the likelihood he comes back? That's just all a ploy to make a massive payday when it's his comeback fight in a year and a half mm-hmm. or whatever. So, you're right; it is kind of built on other sports. There, there, there are comebacks and. They seem fewer and far between in in track and field. Mm -hmm. I don't know. Would you, if Eaton came back, would you be more in on the decathlon? I felt like I would appreciate it a lot more if he had a second go round. I would hope I would. I always say that. I always say I'm going to follow the the uh, the multis, and then I just get confused halfway through. I mean, I liked. Here's what I like to do. Day one, I'm going to watch the 400 to get my update on the points. And then day two, just I'll watch the 1500 for the bloodbath. And, you know, it seems by then that we uh, know who's going to win. You got to watch okay. the hurdles with Eaton. You got to watch the hurdles with the long jump. I mean, there's a bunch of. Okay. You were there in Beijing, right? Was there. Was yeah, I mean. The... For 45 flat? Or was that crazy? Yeah, of person? course. And I remember that. That's that's basically what I what I remember. And then the the. The, obviously with the multis they start early in the morning or you know they're at kind of odd hours and they uh so by the time we arrived at the stadium he was already doing stuff and you know with the when you're half the events are field events it's just a little tough to to keep to keep track of i mean i'm not the only guy who's ever said that you know <laughs> these points i mean once we get past thousands of points i'm just trying to figure out how 
No, I don't know. Well, yes, I, thought, I would. I would I, definitely pay more attention. I thought for a while there. Remember in that off year, the non-championship year, he ran the four meter hurdles and turned out was mm-hmm. really really good at it. I thought maybe yeah. he would say, "Hey, this decathlon is too much, but I'm just an amazing generational athlete. I'll just yeah. throw. My, I'll put my time and energy and attention into into another event." But he didn't ultimately do that. And with Bolt, I thought Bolt would just get. I know he famously doesn't like to train. I thought Bolt would just get bored and say, "Hey, and winning is fun." I, that changed a bit because he lost on the way out, and yeah, he can't cruise to gold medals anymore. But that's right. why I thought, oh, he might, he might stick around like one more year. He did have fun, kind of suggesting that he was going to come back. Be it with him and oh yeah, you know, social media posts or him jogging on a track or doing a forty at an NFL combine event uh he's had plenty of fun i think it's been long enough now to where we can say it would be top beginning mean, what does he have to gain he comes back and just gets his clock cleaned by christian coleman it would be like yeah that was a bad idea all right yeah. um yeah. i think i'll go back to being i mean he's gonna be a dad too not that i mean we're dads and we we do jobs i mean no one else in the history of humanity has done multiple things like that at once but uh i think there's i don't i just i'm not holding out hope you know uh no, I think the Eaton comeback is better odds. Long but gone. I think, oh, you think I that's think better odds? Mm. Than Bolt? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I, I guess feel like. Bolt, yeah. yeah. I just. I don't. Yeah. I don't. Because of the exact reason you said, Bolt's going to mm-hmm. come back and and sign up for that. I don't. I think it's. I don't think either are going to happen at this point. But if one were to, I think that would one would be the better, better bet. I guess you, the the safe bet is to bet on somebody who's still competing but switches events to go back to their other event where they won a bunch of gold medals like Farah. Okay. The Kayleigh back to the track. Yeah, exactly. That would be yeah. a safer Daph- yeah. Daphne shippers back to the heptathlon. I could oh, that. no, I couldn't really see that. That's crazy. Yeah, no. Hey, you could be one of the best in the two premier sprint distances, or you can go back to this event. That's basically ignored. Okay. Now yeah, I'm yeah. Good. I'll stick with well, the 102. The- at the London Olympics, she was doing the heptathlon. Isn't that that's crazy? Yeah. And then by 2015, she ran one of the fastest 200s in history. Yeah, that's quite a quite a change. Not bad. Not bad. That's a pretty good trade. That's not that's she's she's done pretty well for herself. So you brought up Sawa Eden Nasser before, and you and Gordon did a pod on Friday. The instant reaction, instant reactions Man. to suspensions are always effective effective uses of time i've always found because no information ever changes no information i mean get the good old aiu just they barely they barely give us a, a press release when they make these announcements they just uh, announce what it's for and of course the news trickled out over the over the weekend that somehow some way nasser had three missed tests ahead of the doha world championships and be it whoever gave it the green light or whoever didn't have the full details yet, she somehow got to compete. AIU, I guess, knew of this. I assume World Athletics knew of this. We don't know the full scope yeah, of we, what we still was don't going know. on. But I mean, if we she three know. missed tests before the Doha World Championships, there's no explanation that that is appropriate or, or that you could suffice, could please me, I guess to how she was allowed to compete. I don't care if the investigation was still ongoing. That's absurd that she was able to 
still compete after garnering a violation in the terms of the rule. Well, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. I, I, I get that it's a violation, but what if literally the third test is that, that she missed is a week before the meet starts and they're still adjudicating it. I mean, keep, keep in mind what happened, what just happened a, with Christian Coleman. Keep in mind what just happened with Christian Coleman. Well, That's a broken system have, then. Well, you have to have time. You have to have time for them to at least uh, present. I, I know there's the, the suspension, the provisional suspension, and then there's the actual ban, right? Those are two separate things. But even to pull somebody out of the world championships and, and lay them with a provisional suspension, you have to have a, some degree of certainty. You have to let them make their case a little bit. We just don't know the timing of, of when this happened. I, I agree with you there that there should that that you wish that there was a mechanism that could they could do it quicker. But I mean, what if there that last one was a like there was something in the same vein as, as Coleman or something else or some situation where we don't even really hear about because we, it doesn't get to that third one. And then they don't get to run because of that. And then a month later they go, oops, we shouldn't have provisionally suspended you. We, they can't rerun the world championships at that point. All I'm saying is we don't, we don't know. We don't know. Now, when we look but at given the, the context, but we, given the context of missing three tests, <clears throat> obviously you understand though, of course, is the suspicion is incredibly elevated when she's basically allowed to miss oh, three yeah. tests, essentially gets the gold medal, runs the third fastest time of all time. Unfortunately, you know, she's from a country in Bahrain who has had some prominent athletes that have won gold medals test positive as of late and had their medals stripped. And then she goes on at the beginning of this year and misses a fourth test. Yeah. It almost, it it just seems like this is the wild west for, if if you don't know the full details, which of course we don't, because the AIU is barely talking about it and world athletics, I don't even know if they've addressed it. It just seems like what what's going on here? Is she going to miss a fifth? Like what? 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 Well, where is there? Now. Yeah, I know she's I'll suspended, try, but I'll try to get some. I'll try to get some answers for you today. I I understand what you're saying, and I understand that. But if just say for example, the typical lag time between when someone gets a third test or a third violation and a a notice of suspension. Say that number is two weeks, one month, whatever it is, okay? And that person gets their third violation in March, okay? A low stakes time of year for the most, most, in most cases, yeah. in most years, right? Because it happens before the world championships, you, sh- you shrink that time. You shrink that available window that an athlete has because it's near a high stakes point of the year. So th- that's, that's what I'm saying. That's hard to do that. You, you would give them less time for due process because of the time of the year that it happens. I'm not disputing that if they have three missed tests that they should be suspended. I'm just, this is, this is difficult. This is complicated. And if we don't know when the dates were, then that gets especially tough to parse out because the last well, thing I you just- want to do, the last thing you want to do is suspend somebody for a world championships and then have it be on an error. Because you can't undo that. But why why are you thinking that this is so prone to having errors? I mean, if she's missed these tests, isn't it pretty cut and dry that she did not take these tests of which she was supposed to? 
and therefore that's a violation. I guess I'm confused. At, I understand what you're citing with Coleman, but I mean, I know we we said that that was the non-technicality technicality, but that yeah, kind of was well, a technicality, because- whatever we want to label it. But if, if, if things are clear here, if it was in the 12-month window, I guess I don't understand your point saying that the this is there's 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 a possibility that this could have been a clerical mistake. It seems pretty clear, I guess, is what I'm saying. Well, we don't know, right? We don't know how many people have to miss tests and then they get the third one and then because of an investigation are ultimately cleared, right? Because yeah. none I, of that stuff is none of that stuff is public. The only one that was public was the one that happened last year with the one of the most high-profile athletes. Yeah in the world. So I, I'm willing to hear the explanation is what I'm saying of why it took longer because you'd ultimately feel bad for everybody else in that race now. Right. Because now that the the, the results uh, don't, aren't real. If, if this is, if this is true and if the, if she should have been pulled from the meet, but it's But what I'm saying is it's a lot easier to do a provisional suspension of Coleman when he's missing diamond league meets and not world championships. That's what I'm saying. It's easier to do it in March, April, May, literally any other time, but right then. So until we know exactly when that final missed test occurred and what the typical procedure is for every single athlete, we, I, I, it's tough to judge whether or not it was a a gross error or just a naturally bad part of a, a system that can't be avoided. I'm, but don't you think the result we have is the worst case scenario where she, you know, the the powers that be look bad for allowing her to compete is really the worst case scenario is, is that she got unfairly pulled from the world championships. I feel like the worst case scenario is what we have now where she won gold medal, ran this time, and then now we're like – the, the usual track and field, we got to go back and, and then it's the, mm-hmm. are we going to strip the medal? Are we not? What are the, what are the, what are the details? Yeah. We barely little bits of information trickle out here and there. We don't know. It looks bad on both the athlete and the sport. Cause we have no idea if the athletes actually at, at fault. We don't know if the governing body has made a mistake and what they were doing. I mean, we just don't know. I, I, it feels like we need to figure out a way, like you said, if, if it, all this can't get wrapped up quickly and it takes time, why? Why does it have to take so much time? I mean, why well, is it? That, I know track and field is a global sport and I know testing, you're asking things to take, but why does this have to be so drawn out to where we're in June when this gets announced, when this these tests happened, missed yeah. tests happened before October of 2019? Right. I don't know why. I don't know why. To answer your question, why is it announced in June versus it being announced in February or March? That I have no idea. And that I think is inconsequential because as you mentioned with Gordon before, the only race she ran after the world championships was the world military games. Okay. So the, the, the bigger question is if she had three before world championships, right? That's the main critical element here. If, is she, did she have three before the world championships? She said she did on Instagram live. And then the IU said she did as well, too. So it's I'm cut and dry, stripper metal. I, I don't understand. Both, I just don't get it. Stripper so, metal. Well, well, that's it. And that's, that's a different issue because we're, we're talking about why was she allowed to compete? And you're saying, wasn't this the worst option? And I'm saying, well, both options are bad. If someone, yeah. if you pull somebody who shouldn't have been pulled 
that's a bad option. If you leave somebody in and they should have been pulled, that's a bad option. But if this is mimicking the justice system that we have uh, theoretically in a lot of different countries throughout the world is there's that presumption of innocence and you'd rather have a guilty person go free than an innocent person be convicted of something. That's that's where we default to as a society in most cases. Does that translate to sports all the time? No. Does, Does that even translate to the real world? all the time no but that's the operating guiding principle i think again i don't know we could find out more in a week and i could be like you are right now wondering well what what happened here but that it's not it's a tough call especially before we know know everything that happened here yeah it just seems i did like somewhat cut go ahead well i did like how last week on the show, you convince Gordon within 20 minutes. I've never seen Gordon's opinion of something fall apart so quickly. He, he was like, hey, I wonder what's the deal with these tests? Yeah. What's a mistest between friends? I'm with well, you I mean, on the that. Mistest I understand thing the is, so, yeah. 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 No, I, I understand it. And three, uh, and then on to four in, in January is, is obviously called for a suspension. And even if you, this is the point I was trying to make uh, back, back last summer, right? When we were talking about this in, was that July, August is like, you can believe that someone is not doping and they should still serve a suspension because we've all agreed upon the rules and the rules have this punishment assigned to it. It almost becomes immaterial in a way to argue that because then you get down a completely different path about, well, why do you think she's guilty or why is this person innocent, et cetera, et cetera. When you're saying, no, 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 they all signed up for the rules. Here are the rules, and now there needs to be a consequence. I, when you were talking about it last week, and you were saying, or you were talking about potentially stripping a medal. I was skeptical of that because I thought there's no way that the third test happened before the World Championships. I thought this was an yeah. early 2020 thing for that third strike. You were proven to be ahead of your time there. Uh, Lincoln. So I, I get now that you're beating your chest a little bit. No, I, I was surprised. I was surprised. And that's why I think we need to know more about what happened here with regards to that third test, when it happened, how long was it contested? How long are other athletes typically given to can, to contest that? Um, because let's be real too. If you're provisionally suspending someone for the world championships, I mean, that's, that's just like essentially the same thing as like a ban, right? Because that's, that's yeah, the most important yeah. meat. That's all you care that's about. That's the most yeah. important meat of the year. Yeah, yeah. Now, it didn't deprive – it doesn't deprive the athlete of making a living the other months of the year. But that is the big – that's the big thing. So yeah. in this case, a provisional suspension isn't like, oh, you know, we'll suspend you for two months during the off season until we get to the bottom of this and then you can get it back. You, you can't get that stuff back. It's impossible. Yeah. Yeah, I just have trouble seeing past um, all the all the things that are not good optics. Just that, like I said, the troubled history with Bahrain, her agent being someone who's represented, and, and no one's perfect. And I, but agent being someone who's re- represented Abraham Kiptum, uh, who just got a ban, and and it, it doesn't mean you're doping, but it's just it's what's easier to 
explain away is it a, a doping positive or if you're dodging tests and you can have that that little room for air and say yeah. oh, i didn't test positive i just accidentally missed tests well no because it says you could be it's the it's the chance that you could be cheating is why it's yeah. a it's a ban so i don't understand she's she's admitting that she missed three tests before the world championships it's pretty clear she's got to be gone for the Olympics. And I mean, it's, it's ridiculous. It's going to be enough to where she can, uh, can defend her title at Eugene 2022. If, if they decide not to, to, I mean, even if they do strip it, she could yeah. theoretically defend her title, but you know, maybe, maybe that happens because it was all before that. I don't know. It's, it's crazy to me. I, I always, you know, when I used to talk about this and, and, and I, I would feel guilty or embarrassed be like, you know, cause people always want to know, or are they going to strip the strip the um, the medal? And I always thought my not knowing was was just ignorance that I hadn't been around the sport long enough. But then I realized no one knows. No one knows if the medal is actually <laughs> going to be stripped because it it seems to be just at the whim of of you know these governing bodies if that's going to be the case. I mean, we we just do not know if that it would seem to be something that warrants that, but we mm-hmm. we 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 don't know. And in the end, it, it like gets so far away from when the event actually occurs. It's almost like it, I know it matters to the athletes and justice needs to be served, but it's almost it just gets so ridiculous. Like when we watched all those reallocation ceremonies in Doha, it was just like, what are we doing? Like this is dumb. Yeah. Like it just felt like this like false justice and just like an absurd uh, ceremony of like, and now the medalist from the 2011, you know, mm-hmm. 800 is like, mm-hmm. what are we going to do this? Is that going to be some, some ceremony in, in Eugene where they're going to reallocate the 400 meter women's medals while Sawi Nasser is getting on the start line for her 400 meter prelim. And it's just, there's yeah, so many yeah. absurd things. And this is one of them. And I have no idea if the medal is going to be redistributed, but it, if she's guilty before these world championships, it sure seems like they should, but who knows? Yeah. Well, you just, you feel horrible for Shawnee Miller-Webo and everybody else in that race. Yeah. I mean, Shawnee Miller-Webo mm-hmm. PR'd. She ran mm-hmm. the race of her life in many regards yep. and had to settle for silver. And yep. I know she was shocked that, that it wasn't enough on that day. So think about how that moment would have been different if Nasser wasn't, in that race it's just mm-hmm. you can't once the gun goes off you can't you can't redo it you can't replay it it's not like you have a seven game nba series over a couple of weeks to figure it out it's not like you can reconstitute and put all those pieces back together to to mimic what what happened it that was one moment mm-hmm. we watched it with our own eyes we saw it we did the interviews we wrote about it we talked about it it, it happened. That thing happened. And then to go back mm-hmm. and be like, well, no, actually it didn't because when we did the reallocation ceremony. Uh, yeah. It was somebody else who, who should have won that. So I'm looking forward to finding out more. This podcast could become incredibly out of date by the time we record another one because there could be new facts that, that arise. But Nasser saying on Instagram that all the three tests happened before the world championships didn't really help her cause. Yeah, I, don't know I didn't really why. get that one. Didn't get that one. That reminded me of the Safana Hassan, the faster I run, the less suspicious I am. That was a classic too. Um, yeah. That was yeah. a, that it's, it's a quote that makes you scratch your head. Um, yeah. I, I have no idea what she was going with that. I, that did not help her at all. Mm-hmm. 
Let's switch gears. Do you want to talk about some treadmill half marathon world records? You know me. I mean, I'm just a treadmill guy till I die. I just love, <laughs> I love the old belt and buttons. It just gets me going. The old mill, as it's known. Yeah, the, the old TM. Mill. Yeah. How did how did Sarah Hall run only within a couple seconds of her PR on a treadmill? Is she the only person who enjoys the treadmill more than actual running? That is incredible to me. I, 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 I don't understand. I mean, we all can cite the, the fact that there's no wind resistance and it, you know, is set to a certain tempo. So, you know, you could set it at your PR pace and all you've got to do is keep your legs moving. I mean, easier said than done, but you know, you're not subject to the natural slowdown, I guess you could say when, uh, when you're fatigued in the later miles on in a road race, but I don't understand. I've always on a treadmill converted my times because eight minute pace feels like six minute pace. So when you're actually running your real pace, it feels like you're all out sprinting. Like I'm not in shape anymore, but when we were at Atlanta for the, uh, for the marathon trials and we were at that dingy hotel treadmill and I went, I tried to do a, like a six minute mile Oh yeah. and I got like halfway. I only did like a three minute 800 and I was just completely dead because it feels like you're sprinting. So these, yeah. so Sarah Hall running her, basically her PR, I, I, I don't even, I have no idea how that's possible. It's got to feel like she was running an 800 for 13.1 miles. She ran 109.03, five seconds off her PB from Houston and watched two episodes of Space Force while running it too, which I thought was an interesting detail that didn't get uh, mentioned. Really? Space Force is not no, a good I made show. That up. I, okay. I, made that up. I was going to say, tried to watch that show. You don't like it? No, oh, I didn't think it was. Goofs. I didn't think it was funny, but anyways. Mm. Okay, mm. well maybe I should have redone the joke with a different show. That's okay. She watched two episodes of. I don't know what's a thirty. I don't know what's thirty minutes anymore. Everything seems to be really long now. Yeah. Everything's an hour. Um, yeah. John Ranieri set the men's world record. Uh, he ran fast. Obviously, not as big of a name in terms of the American marathoning scene as Sarah Hall, but will... he set a world record too. I will admit I had never heard of him before. Uh, I not not familiar with his treadmill work, but 103, 63 minutes mm-hmm. with a sixty-one minute with a sixty-one minute half uh, to his name in, in in real life. Yeah, I mean, yeah, Kipchoge somewhere. Kipchoge news got to Kipchoge that the world record on treadmill is sixty-three minutes, and he's like, "Is that is that through ha- half on the way to a marathon, or is that just the half marathon?" <laughs> he's like. They, I did that. For, I did that for treadmill. a warm up. He's like, yeah. uh, the tre- treadmills. We don't really do treadmills in Kenya, but you know, if they did, I would. Uh, I would have that. The engine literally sure. overheats when he's yeah. running. It just there's yeah. small fires that's underneath. And then I mean, they, there are also marathon records that were set, ultra records. There's just a cornucopia of of treadmill records this weekend. Yeah, there was a guy what he did the hundred k at like six twenty some pace. I mean, just why at that point? Like, do you <laughs> fill up the room with sweat? Are you like at a flooding date? Like, I know if I do two miles, I'm like, I got to get off this treadmill because it's so sweaty. I yeah, don't know yeah. if they have one of those dingy fans built in that blows dust in your face, but these are probably a little bit more high tech. But you need to be, have a mental health examination if you're running 62 miles on a treadmill in one in one fell swoop. That's uh, well, that's scary. Those 
those ultra people are serious though because when they do some of that longer stuff it's always and they ran this around a 1.2 mile loop of an elementary school it's just <laughs> crazy go out in the trail man i guess you have to right because of the uh um i don't know timing sure. integrity purposes i guess you want to be able to yeah. track them right oh yeah 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 yep yeah. all right um yeah so so congrats to everybody who got a world record i think that's exciting i did see in this article uh that our friend david monty wrote ranieri thought he could have run 30 seconds faster but the treadmill didn't go any faster so we were <laughs> at the limits of technology we need to enhance these they need to get on those super treadmills where that you see the, the kids running on uh to to like when they do the sprints and they they run for like 12 seconds at like ridiculous yeah, yeah. hamstring tearing speeds like where are those for this effort drop them on well like the last hat like they need to turn it on to that speed for like the last 100 meters and just like yeah 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 go to that super speed yeah we got an email we got some several emails actually at flowtrackpodcast at gmail.com i want to read this one from ezra because he starts off saying i love the podcast gotta say gordon is my favorite what that that yeah that's a real email wow Wow. I mean, it could That's be, tough. it could be, it could be Gordon's burner. I don't know. Uh, he says, my, my question is what NCAA XE team has the best squad to win in 2020? And who do you think will win the NBA title? Yeah, this might be Gordon actually writing it in. Uh, <laughs> definitely would be Gordon. Uh, the answer is, is everyone's favorite teams, NAU for XE and the Los Angeles Lakers. I don't, I don't know why there's so much confusion about the Lakers being the best team. I don't know. What you're not going to go women's pick? Oh, for the women too. Oh, next year. Oh gosh, I feel like it's always trendy to say NC State, but I don't know. Always how trendy. Many, it's just this past year. How many freshman stars can you have before you actually figure it out? Um, well, they the got women. five coming in this year. Plus, yeah. they got the transfer in Steelman, and they got Camille, who was really good oh. last year, and then all yeah. the other, yeah. I mean, I think Stanford has to has to be the favorite, right? You bring you lose O'Keefe, but you got you got Lawson, you got Ella Donahue, you have Oaks coming back, Haymock coming back. That's a strong that's a strong group right there in terms of who has that. I mean, they were good. They were good. We forget um, Fiona O'Keefe was hurt before yeah. the meet right and she ran her yep. and if she didn't run her that two-team battle could have easily become a, a three-team battle yeah, for sure now she's for sure. she she's she's out of cross-country eligibility and she transferred to new mexico but um stanford obviously brings back more than byu and brings back more than arkansas and mm -hmm. in many ways they resemble those teams from the year before because both arkansas and byu had a lot of seniors yeah I I guess I'll go with NC State. I'll put the pressure on. I don't. I can't think of any other teams really that are gonna be. Uh, Oregon's not there yet. Uh, who who else would be competitive on the women's side? And I, I can't even. Maybe Washington. Could Michigan. Be there. I mean, I don't. Know. Is Colorado Michigan good? Yeah. Oh, well, Colorado. Michigan's got some recruits. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. No, I think I'm. I'll say I, I'm Stanford right now. Would be okay. If I had if I had to rank would be the number one team I would put NC State up there but with so many freshmen you want to see them run in especially this year so weird with the with how the season's gonna get going I don't know yeah. how that's gonna impact them but I would think it would lend more to experience but who knows 
for the men, you you jumped right to NAU, huh? You're not BYU, not even close. Arkansas. I mean, it's not even it's not even close. No, I'm not a, an Arkansas believer. All these transfer juggernauts, they never you, Arkansas was horrendous last year. I don't care if they're having all these guys come in. No. No, 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 no. No, and then BYU. I mean, I still think last year was a little bit of a. I don't want to use the F word, a fluke, but uh, I think that was a one-time shebang. Klinger's got to come back after two years in Japan. Mance is coming back off an injury. I think he had the race of his, you know, the season of his life. Maybe he's better, but it's hard to it's hard to suggest he's going to be better coming off a stress fracture um, with no track. Did you listen? Uh, you didn't. You didn't listen to my interview with that, did you? I can tell you didn't no. listen to my interview. Well, I mean, that. he's okay, going to well, be biased and said he's going to be like what well, in the best shape of his life, or no, no. Well, he's just saying he's he's a hundred percent. Mance mm-hmm. is hundred percent now, and he said yeah. Klinger would have run would have run outdoors. He was already in shape coming off his mission. He would have obviously not run indoors, but he would have run outdoors. Mm-hmm. He's trained with the top mm-hmm. group, and he thinks he's in sub thirteen thirty shape right now. Is what he said. So yeah. That's pretty I mean, good. Those are two. I, I looks the miles guys, in in Japan. Two guys in the top five, and then mm-hmm. potentially, and then you you also have Shumway coming back, Garnica and Owens, who were the four and five last year. So, you know, you bring three of the top five back, and then you fill in mm-hmm. those other two spots with two other All Americans. I think. I mean, I just talked to him, so obviously, uh, that's in front of mind right now. But I just – I think we're kind of – we put a lot of that on what did NAU do wrong. And yeah. like Mance is a – Mance – has Mance had a bad race in college in the last couple not, of years? Not not particularly in cross country for sure. Right. No, so he's you're start, he's you're starting, solid. Yeah, you're, well, yeah, you're starting with a guy who's going to be top five for sure, right? And I know the whole Probably. their scoring four thing gets a little bit repetitive. And and yeah. a little bit cliche about scoring four, but he's proven up there. NAU, yep. I mean, immense talent, but they're gonna they're, they're gonna have to step it up to mm-hmm. to get there in in twenty twenty. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, Grijalva, and if Washington if Washington is running a one mile cross country race, maybe they can be competitive. But. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Well, so mm-hmm. you got. Let's just NAU. I mean, you have Bosley, you have Nur, you have Hasty, you have Nico Young coming in, but then you have Grijalva, you have Farrow. Am I missing somebody yeah. else? I mean, it's. I want to see these guys. I want to see these teams race three times. I know they're going to, but th- like this is going to be, this is going to be a great race. Mm-hmm. I think between these two, I, I think it's going to be a lot closer than both you and Gordon think. So, I'll just say that. Yeah, you may have sold me a little bit there. I just did the you pulled the Lincoln on Gordon effect of me ex- explaining how something works and that and then I apply logic to that. Maybe it will be. I I would be Clinger uh, being in 1330 sub 1330 shape. I understand. I mean, I trust Ed Eystone, he's a man of his word, but that that would seem almost preposterous to me how that could be possible, but maybe he's just an absolute superstar. I know he was whatever top 25 as a freshman in cross country. And, you know, I just, yeah. Well, they also got all red. He's that fit. Yeah. They also got East, Easton all red coming in and Aiden Troutner yeah. coming off the mission too. And I know you're a big NXN follower. So you know how good no me Aiden Troutner is. So they, they, they both just have an embarrassment of yep. riches. 
I think yep. is I think yep. is I think is it. And and it's they're gonna have seven on the line that mm-hmm. I mean are gonna I mean they this is sounds stupid to say, but they could they're, they're not going to do this because this would be preposterous, but they could line up seven all Americans, both teams. Yeah, I think so. I, I, I mean, right. they're that they're that good. Uh, you know, Northern Arizona University versus American Fork University. It's going to be a good battle. So, <laughs> uh, okay, NBA pick though. I'm not. Mm, let's see, NBA. I mean, I'll say the Bucks. I'll go with the Bucks. No, no, the Bucks are not a championship team. They have one player. They have the That's best record take. in NBA. Okay, that's it. Not, not a great one, but they play a lot of games last... in the East. A lot of games in the East. I'm, I mean, you're 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 very big. Well, the East is not that bad anymore. Yeah. You're you're putting a lot of stock in the Lakers, but do you remember the last time? Like, what happened when there was a four month layoff in the middle of the season, and they had to finish the season in uh, quarantine, where no home court advantage? Do you remember what happened with the Lakers? Oh God, I know. I have no idea what you're talking. You're talking about the '98 strike, or what? Not, not, not '99 strike, or what no, are you talking nothing, about? No, nothing happened like that. I'm just messing with you. Uh, this is ridiculous. Oh, no one knows what's going to happen. They took. Oh, they'll have geez. taken four months off in the middle of the season. For yeah. many of those months, they couldn't even play basketball. They're not even starting again until July 31st. There's no crowd. They're playing an eight-game end of season and then going right into the playoffs. This is going to be bananas. I think yeah. it's going to be. It, when the magic win, it'll be really surprising. I think it's what's going to happen. Awesome. It's going to be funny if the basketball is just really bad. That would be like entertaining if all of a sudden we're watching like the D two level of D two NCAA basketball where people are like getting getting uh, you know blocked at the rim and and airballing stuff. Hey, uh, that's not nice. Uh, we got an email. Speak. We got a good, a nice email here from Charles who's a retired member of the U.S. Marine Corps. Lincoln, your podcast has been a nice shot of life in these trying times. I definitely appreciate it. Mm. Is that is that it? That's it? Well, they just want to say thanks. Basically. Oh, so I, appreciate, I appreciate him and, yeah. his, and his service for sure. And, and yeah. for the email, one one has probably been more valuable than the other, but we certainly appreciate his nice email. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then we got a couple about... Shawnee Miller Weibo, or sorry, about Nasser, one pro, <laughs> one con. So we'll go from there. Uh, I think you can assume wh- yeah. wh- where those went. Um, I think that's it. You got anything okay. else? Do I have anything else? Impossible um, games coming up on Thursday. Yeah. Give me a preview of your preview because you're right in the preview. What do you? What's your thought process going into that preview? So my temptation is obviously, well, obviously I'm talking, my my primary focus is on this epic 2000 going on. Oslo, Norway, mm-hmm. Nairobi, Kenya. Team Kenya is so good through two with Chariot and Managoy. <laughs> Speaking of people who are 100% Managoy, apparently 100% after his, his stress fracture last year. But then Team Kenya gets weird. I mean, it's just not, it's a bunch of kind of also rans with them. So it's really going to come down to how good on the Norwegian side is Henrik going to be on the day? Because we know Philip and we know Jakob are going to be solid. Henrik, though, showed out well in the old Norwegian Road 5K championships or whatever that was a few weeks ago. Mm-hmm. So I'm leaning towards Norway, but maybe 
Timothy Chariot just runs so stinking fast that it makes up for everything because we know he'll just go straight from the front. Maybe he, I don't know if he can get the world record in Nairobi. That would be, uh, that would be probably a step too far. But basically what I'm saying is Chariot's going to be pulling a lot of the weight for Team Kenya. I think he runs the fastest time, but I think uh, even at altitude, but I think uh, Team Norway pulls out the, the three-man victory. And then, of course, who's on the re- Kenya's oh, roster? What's the composition of Kenya's roster? So there is a I don't I don't remember the name. There's a fella. There's a guy named Melly is his last name. I, I mm-hmm. the, 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 basically it's guys I've never heard of. Uh, their credentials vary from like a 145, 800 meter guy, which I don't know how that serves you over 2000 meters. There's a 335, <laughs> 1500 meter guy. So it's like, you know, it's just. C plus and B level Kenyan runners that have never been relevant at, you know, international global championships. I, I'm and not what are sure they why they didn't. Scoring through? What, Three. What, what, what are they scoring Three. through? Three. Okay. Three. Three. Okay. So, so, I mean, that's why I'm saying, I mean, you could have given Kenya another superstar to do this because they're going to be at altitude. I mean, I know they're used to running at altitude, but you would think, I mean, they're just at a disadvantage because they're, they're just, they're they're world class through two, and then they basically go to the uh, the the equivalent of the G League for the rest of their roster. So they got to find that G third League man. Is still pretty good. G yeah, League G League's still, still pretty good. good. They uh, they got to get that third man. What will they use altitude conversions after, just to and, determine uh, the real winner? I mean, that would be very tragic. I will. I will. Um, but <laughs> I don't, don't know. Please don't do that. Yeah. I don't know if that will be the case, uh, you know, widespread-wise. All right. We'll leave it there. We'll talk more about this in the coming ga- days. Of course, that's on Thursday, and Lincoln will have the full preview on Wednesday. Podcast at gmail.com is where you can email us. I'm Lincoln, I'm excited for that. I've said it a couple times. The the women's 3,000. That's, mm. that's my race. That's what I'm watching for because I want to see the light on the track help Grove Dahl break a Norwegian record, which is Gosh. just something we all can relate to. Exactly. I'm not a track nerd at all. I'm not a track dork at all. Lights, Norwegian records, and I'm there. I'm there. I'm ready to go. War- Warholm's going to slap himself in the face so hard. Just, <laughs> just break his That's going to be the... That's the only competitive part of that race is whether or not Carson Warholm's jaw will withstand the blow of his hand slapping himself in the face. That's it. Yep. All right. I'm ready. All right. Thanks to Alon for producing. Thanks to you, Lincoln. We'll talk to you guys tomorrow.